much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I just recorded an episode with the psychodynamic triangle from a male client perspective, and I thought, wouldn't it be helpful to kind of resonate and also see it from a female perspective as well? So I'm going to share about Tania. And Tania is very sweet, very pretty, very preppy, very put together. She is a homemaker and she's had um, teaching professions and different uh, service oriented careers in the past, but is currently home, raising family, taking care of everybody. Her husband is an entrepreneur and um, he's in sales of a certain kind. And so he has unpredictable schedules. And so they decided as a family, it would be better for her to stay home. And since staying home um, and having kids and a husband and all the responsibility, she is really anxious and she's smart. She's educated. She knows better, but can't resolve the anxiety on her own. So I take her through the psychodynamic triangle. Not that this is a cure-all by any means, but it's just a helpful tool to help get you start thinking in line. So at the top of the triangle, we write the present situation. And she said, the current situation is just chronic anxiety all the time. And I can't sleep and I can't eat. I just can't function. I'm starting to drink to try to calm down and get myself to sleep at night, which is super not like me. And so I said, okay, while it may feel chronic, let's just try to peel back some layers. Let's get down in the weeds and let's really try to figure out certain situations that trigger more than others. She identified, well, it's times when I have to make a plan. So like if I'm trying to get the kids to, to activity or plan the dinner or whatever, in that moment, I start feeling a lot of anxiety. And I said, well, tell me more. And she said, well, my husband's schedule, because he's an entrepreneur, he's a self-starter, he's in sales, he travels a lot, he can't necessarily tell me when he can and cannot be home. And so I feel kind of frustrated, but, but then I feel bad, right? And so she immediately catches herself and says, but I mean, I understand this was our decision, uh, blah, 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 right? So she overcompensates by justifying instead of just going, hey, it's just kind of hard. Even if we did agree, and even if this is the best situation for our family, it doesn't take away the fact that sometimes life is just hard, even if it is the right thing. So she's overcompensating, but I mean, he loves me and he's good and don't worry and blah, blah, blah. And just really trying to protect my view of her, of the marriage, of the family and the decisions being made. And so I just take a note of that. And for you... Take note of where you overcompensate, where you overprotect your own view as well as other people's view of someone or something in your life. It may be your career where you're like, but these are the choices I have to make, blah, 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 blah. Like if you start talking fast and rationalizing and, and no other input is allowed. Now, again, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It may absolutely be the right thing. It may be a very healthy relationship and something you're consenting to and know is a wise investment-oriented decision. But it doesn't change the fact that it's not hard and that it's okay to sit with the hard and the integrity of a good choice. 
So she's not doing that. She's trying to overly compensate to protect my view and probably her view of the decision and the season they're in. So I said, okay, let's, let's picture that moment. And for you as well, I want you to picture what is the moment that you find yourself kind of triggered, anxiety, depressed, feeling apathy, why bother, you know, anhedonia, which is the lack of pleasure all of a sudden where you just kind of feel numb and dead inside, whatever it might be for you present situation. What are the ones that I really feel that the most, what happens right before that, and then start writing on the right side of that triangle. What is the emotion, the hot emotion, you know, the anger, the upset, the blah, 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 but also that vulnerable emotion. For her, she's on the people-pleasing side of relational dimension. And so she only accepts that, well, I feel bad because I shouldn't be frustrated because we agreed to this. He's not doing anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. But also let's let every other part of you also be a part of this conversation without assuming that means it was a wrong decision or that it's not a good thing. And so she said, well, I guess I feel unconsidered. I feel like it's inconsiderate. He's not thinking about me and the plan I'm trying to have. And his schedule always comes ahead of mine. And even for situations that maybe it doesn't have to, it's not work-related. And he just wants to go shoot hoops with the guys or he wants to play video games with his friends. In that moment, I just feel very unconsidered and kind of invisible and taken for granted. And so again, my job is not to undermine a relationship and try to get weasel in and make her feel bad things. In reality, she was already feeling that. And that's why she was feeling anxiety because she was feeling something that she was really afraid meant something. She was really afraid that she was in a bad situation and she was being taken advantage of and she wasn't happy, but she was scared to acknowledge that because it's a, a, a second or a third marriage, something like that. And so she's really afraid of ever admitting things are not perfect because she had decided from a very young age that I need to be okay. I need to be perfect. I need to be pleasing. I need to make sure that I make the other person so happy to be with me that they won't leave me. So now we go to the left side of the triangle and I'm kind of cheating in what I just shared. The left side of the triangle is now you're asking yourself throughout my life, what other times might I have felt similar to that? So she started to go back, peel back some layers. In her early childhood, she was idealized as this perfect, sweet, pretty, happy little girl. Her parents were fighting. She could kind of intuitively, empathically sense that they were not in a good place. So she learned not to take her sadness, her emotions to them as a way to not burden them. Not because they didn't ask and care and good parents, but because she, as a tender hearted little kid, could sense they had a lot on their plate. I don't want to add to that. So, in order to not burden others, I will keep my pain, hurt, frustration, whatever uh, locked inside. I'll deal with it by myself and then I'll suppress it and bury it and then be that perfect, pleasing, idealized child that then makes them want to be around me makes them not want to leave me. And eventually when her parents did separate, then she learned very uh, profoundly inside of her soul, I better not do anything. Otherwise people are going to leave. Now, the interesting thing is a child's perception of reality is not accurate. Her parents never left her. They always loved her. They handled the divorce actually really well, but to a child perspective, 
she still took it in of relationships aren't permanent. People can leave, they can walk out. And at that point, she was getting a lot of attention for being good and pleasing and obedient and helpful. And so she was getting all this praise for everything good about her. And, and to be fair, she wasn't taking her sad, her insecure, her anger, her confusion to her parents. So they didn't know she was feeling that, but caveat note to self kids are feeling that whether they are aware of it consciously or not. And so as adults, it is a good idea to just ask and draw things out and draw with them and help them bring things into light by being, by uh, giving them permission to say, Hey, I'm curious. Some people might be feeling angry or upset or confused. And because she was never being asked, her soul learned a life message. I'm not worth being considered. I am a second class of the relationship. I'm the little doormat. I better perform and please keep them happy. So they don't walk out. They don't leave me. And she lived on the light left side of that triangle. Now, to be present with her, she has a great marriage today. They do actually love each other. I've vetted this husband. I've met him myself. He is a good husband. He's quirky. He's got some growing up to do. He needs to be more attentive. But to be fair, he's classically conditioned to associate. She doesn't have a problem because she's never bringing up that there's a problem. He doesn't know that his time management issue and quite frankly, selfishness with his lack of planning and um, in consideration of her schedule and her need to plan, that's a character issue that he needs to work on, but he's not a bad guy. He just needs to be taught and informed in a way that's helpful and constructive. What she was doing because of learned behavior early in life that she didn't realize consciously that she was doing was I will try to be so perfect, so pleasing that you'll never leave me, but then I'm going to start to kind of resent you because I'm mad that you don't consider me. I'm mad that I feel unappreciated. I'm mad that I don't feel like you take time to prioritize my needs as much as yours. But again, she's never said that to him because she's never letting herself say it to her. Does that make sense that you can be very frustrated and hurt at somebody, but because you've never actually taken the time to realize what you're feeling besides just ruminating it in your head as you're stirring the spaghetti or <laughs> planning out the kid's schedule or vacuuming instead of just stewing on it, that would be a fantastic moment to go, huh? It is healthy what I'm feeling. It's okay that I'm feeling like this. It doesn't mean I'm going to make life decisions and uh, break up with him or, you know, something dramatic. It just means I need to bring conscious what I'm feeling. And then when I can bring it conscious, now I can articulate it and share it with the other person in a productive way. The husband, only child, he's a good guy, but he's never been a husband. He's or before, you know, he's never been in husband school. He doesn't know what he doesn't know until it's brought to him in a way that's life-giving and edifying. Before she would just have this chronic anxiety and he'd be like, I don't know how to help. What do you want me to do? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know if you, I, uh, you know, and so it was just this stressful moment that nothing actually healed or made them feel better because everything inside was so bottled up with these internal rules that she didn't even know she had made early in life 
that in order to keep someone in my life, I can't object. I can't say negative things. I have to please, I have to perform. And the husband, without realizing it, he thinks he's being affirming. He just praises her for being so flexible and the coolest wife. And the other guys have wives that nag them all the time, but he's got this really chill wife and she's so supportive of his career and his vocation. He just appreciates her so much that she's getting so much of that praise very similar to how she got similar praise, man, little girl, you're handling this divorce so well, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're so healthy and well-adjusted and happy. And we just love you so much that nobody in her life was telling her, Hey, I wonder if you may be feeling something else besides the projection that we want you to be okay. We love you so much. We are good people that want you to be okay so much that we're not actually asking and then teaching you to ask, how are you feeling about that? How is that impacting you? Is there another opinion that you may have about this that you haven't even allowed yourself to acknowledge yet? And so by working through the psychodynamic triangle on the left side, we're now able to start identifying, okay, what core beliefs? What lies did I pick up? What were the negative attribution, the rules, all of these things that were created early in life? And then when that wasn't working and she's in a healthy, good relationship that she loves, but then feels upset and feels slighted and unconsidered, which is true. He was not considering her, but not because he was mean and bad and not because she was bad for feeling that. Because that's a conscious conversation that two adults need to have with each other in life-giving ways, rather than either yelling and cussing it at the person, which is what most people do is they bottle, 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 and then it comes out in a really yucky way that makes the other person feel shame and attacked. Or like what she was doing, which was suppressing, burying, burying, and starting to drink alcohol, trying to just medicate the anxiety, trying to be perfect enough, trying to be skinny enough, trying to control what she could control because she was so anxious that her disapproval toward what her husband was doing was going to escape and then ruin their relationship. Many of us have similar situations, not exactly the same by any means. But when you learn how to start thinking symbolically, you learn your own story and you start kind of seeing it like characters in a play and what each character or part of self took on in a situation and how those parts of you at an unconscious level are still playing those roles and it's getting reenacted in the present. When she was able to acknowledge I am frustrated that I don't feel considered in this relationship. He doesn't plan around me. He doesn't prioritize me. When she could acknowledge that some measure of the anxiety went down, but then when she could say it to him and actually say, Hey, I love you. I appreciate you. I respect you. And we did make this decision together. You're not bad. I'm not bad. Nobody's wrong, but I've realized along the way, my feelings have gotten legitimately hurt because I've asked you to give me a schedule so I can plan meals, kids, scheduling, and you haven't given that to me. And so that hurts. That makes me feel not prioritized. When I see you choosing time with your friends or your schedule, your work consistently over me and not asking about my time, my preference, my needs, that hurts my heart. 
it's not intentional. I know that you're good. I know you love me and I love you, but I'm letting you know, I'm showing up authentically in the relationship to say, Hey, if we don't address this, I'm now starting to medicate these feelings and that's going to become an issue. And over time, likely to become resentment. And resentment now creates these walls where people start feeling like roommates instead of lovers in a relationship. As she shared that with her husband, and again, he's a good guy. So he was like, oh my gosh, babe, you're absolutely right. I hadn't even realized like, yes, thank you for sharing that with me. I am going to fail at this, but I'm going to try really hard to make sure I'm prioritizing your time and your schedule. And will you hold me accountable to that? And she was floored. It went so well and she felt so seen and known and that the angry, frustrated her had finally been loved and validated in the relationship that then the insecurity of if I'm imperfect, if I'm angry, if I'm upset, if I express displeasure, the fear was then they won't love me. They're going to abandon me and leave me. And so that's called a corrective experience. She corrected the experience fear by actually doing it in real life. And it's not always going to go perfectly. This just happens to be a sweet story um, where he was very responsive. It could be in the inverse as well. It could be a friendship. It could be a family member. It could be um, a boss. It could be a kid, you know, whatever dynamic these parallel all. I'm just giving an example for you to glean from, but they were able to create a new rhythm of selfless service of mindful awareness of prioritizing the other. And her anxiety just naturally abated because she learned, I am still loved when I express displeasure. He didn't go anywhere. Nothing bad actually happened. The sky did not actually fall like chicken little belief had told me. And there was this calm and this soothing because her attachment system, which had been spiking because I'm getting frustrated. And what if I express something and then he leaves me? It was no longer being activated, thus cortisol no longer released in her system. Her neurochemicals started to level off. She no longer needed the alcohol as a self-medicating the way she did before. She could still drink with dinner, uh, a lovely meal, but it wasn't as a self-medicating trying to calm down while she's cooking because she's frustrated that I'm cooking and you're not considering my needs and my plan and my schedule, right? That ruminating that had been going on when that's not there. And she can say, Hey babe, quick text. I just want to remind you that it makes me feel prioritized when you X. I just want to remind you how much it means to me that you check in first the best you can. I know plans change. I'm not going to become like a rigid Nazi person on you, but I just want to make sure that you're remembering that. And as you do, that makes me feel very cared about seen and known. So over time, he did learn something that was a new behavior for him. He was an only child. He never had to really consider someone else's schedule. And he just took it for granted that, she, you know, she's okay with it because she's never said anything. But when she used her voice and realized, oh, nothing bad happened. I'm okay. I'm, a, I'm loved still. I still have value and merit in this relationship. Their intimacy and connection and even their sexual connection improved because both of them felt more secure in the relationship. And there wasn't this little seed of anxiety that had been growing. She was teaching him how to be more aware of her. And she was learning how to be more present and allowing herself to attach fully to him versus kind of reserving a part of her that was always anxiously monitoring herself to only show the good parts of her. 
But when she tore that down and just showed up authentically in the relationship, their emotional, spiritual, and sexual connection increased exponentially. Now, again, that's not everybody's story. That just happens to be this one. But I'm encouraging you, learn how to think through what are the internal rules and beliefs that I grew up with? What am I still unconsciously, accidentally replicating in the present that I don't want to do anymore? And then start to see how can I operate out of the opposite? How can I operate consciously out of saying the, the truth, speaking the truth in love? Not when I'm exacerbated and frustrated and hangry, <laughs> hungry and angry, but when I'm really in a good place and I can show up and say, hey, I love you. I know the best about you, but I don't think I've been transparent with myself, much less you, with what my needs are currently. And if we can do that, I believe we're starting to chip away at the walls that start to construct in many of our relationships, just from neglect of not dealing with stuff and just thinking, well, put it under the rug. Well, that rug is getting full and it's creating walls and disconnects when the greatest thing is to do your own work so you can lovingly communicate with others and let them win, help them know how they can win in relationship with you. I am cheering you on and I'm so excited for you to live authentically, deeply, and intimately in your relationships. Love you guys. Bye. Hey friends, thanks for listening. We would love for you to get plugged in with the Unlock You community. So follow the links below and stay up to date with upcoming content, events, and groups. We are here to invest in you and tailor episodes around your interests. Post comments, and hey, if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear about, let us know so we can strategically build content that is meaningful to you. And will you share this podcast so we can invest into more amazing people? Be sure to hit subscribe so we can see you for the next episode.